Of all the books in the New Testament that mean a lot to me, Romans 8 is one of them. If you were to take a marker or a pencil or a color crayon and circle in or color in every time you see the word spirit with a capital S, you'd be amazed how many times it shows up. Let me give you just a taste of it here. We see spirit capitalized in verse 1. See it in verse 2. We see it in verse 4. We see it twice in verse 5. We see it twice in verse 9. We see it twice in verse 10. Twice in verse 11. Once in verse 13. Once in 14. Once in 16. Once way over there in 23. Twice again in verse 26. Romans 8 is all about the Holy Spirit leading in the life of the believer. And we need to walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. Our flesh is something that we like to please. Our flesh is something that we like to entertain. But the Spirit of God wants to help us in our walk with Him. Now, on your paper, you can just put your name and date on there. Um, three truths that we must understand to perfect God's work in our lives. The first one is that He, that's the Holy Spirit, longs to help just us. Just is the word that goes in that first blank there. He longs to help just us us now someplace on your paper if you want to put verse 26 Romans 8 26 likewise the spirit also helpeth our infirmities he helps us it's important that you see that I mean if, if your life is going down the wrong path and you're not having much success and the joy of the Lord is gone the Holy Spirit wants to help you just you I still haven't figured out how God with I don't know seven billion people in the world how he can focus on just me has always been amazing to me but he can because he's God he can focus on just me and the Holy Spirit wants to help just us okay second thing I think that's important that we understand is his ministry that's the Holy Spirit's ministry longs to honor just Jesus the Holy Spirit's ministry is to honor Jesus in some of the other churches that we don't agree with totally they put the emphasis and the honor in a different direction look at verses uh, 1 2 and 3 here of chapter 8 there's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death verse 3 for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh God sending his own son so we see in verse 1, Jesus Christ is mentioned. We see in verse 2, Jesus Christ is mentioned. And we see in verse 3, the Son of God is mentioned. It says, sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Number 3, only the Holy Spirit can restore true hope and joy. So there are your three words that start with the letter J. Just, number 1. He wants to help just us. The Holy Spirit's ministry belongs to honor just Jesus. There's your second J. And only the Holy Spirit can restore true hope and joy. Now, if you want to write a reference right underneath the word unspeakable there, put Psalm 51, uh, 5112. You don't need to turn there if you'll trust me here. Psalm 51 and verse number 12. David writes, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, 
and sinners shall be converted unto thee. The Holy Spirit can restore restore true hope and joy in our lives. And uh, I don't know how important you think joy is to you, but it's important to the people that know you. If we're gloomy and depressed and scared spitless about politics or this direction of the country, you know, people look at us and say, you know, why become a Christian? You have no, you have no joy. You have no confidence that Jesus is in charge. And so your joy is important to others. And, uh, you know, the acrostic, Jesus first, others second, yourself last. If you have a lot of Christian joy, others will notice that. And maybe they'll ask you questions about how they too might get saved. Tonight we want to just look at these ten characteristics of the Holy Spirit's names and nature. Now, if you're, uh, if you're interested, the first column of blanks are not alliterated, which means they don't all start with the same letter. So don't try and guess ahead of time, okay? But the, the, the last blank at the end of each of these starts with the letter D. So if you want to guess those, you can go ahead and try to guess if you want. But you probably won't get them because I'm, I'm ahead of you on that, okay? Let's have a word of prayer. We'll get started. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the privilege of your word to study it, to look at it. Thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And Lord, it just seems so often, especially to this preacher, that um, he's the third person of the Trinity, and we just ignore him, and we just don't, we just don't learn enough about him. And some of the other churches have 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 uh, gone in a poor direction concerning the Holy Spirit, but he is such a vital part of our witness and our testimony and our love for you that. We just pray tonight that we'll be helped as we look at this little study on Holy Spirit pointers and how valuable it is that we let the Holy Spirit work in and through us. We know, Lord, that we get all the Holy Spirit when we're saved. But we realize, Lord, that oftentimes the Holy Spirit doesn't have all of us. We're so full of fleshly things that the Holy Spirit has no room to work. So help us tonight to learn something that's valuable and something that's helpful. And when we leave church tonight, Lord, might we be thankful that we spend time in your word with your people, learning your truth. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Okay, you ready to go, class? Get your Bibles, John 14, 17. John 14, 17, we learn that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. John 14, 17. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him. That's the spirit of truth. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. And because we have the spirit of truth, the last part of number one says, I need never be deceived. I don't have to be lied to. Now, of course, the world is going to try to lie to you. They're going to try to steal and cheat. That's what the devil does. But if you're following the leadership of the Holy Spirit, you should be able to detect some of this and fix any problems that might show up. So he is the spirit of truth, John 14, 17, and I never need to be deceived. I need never be deceived. I need never be lied to. Even though people do lie to us, we should be able to analyze that conversation so we can get the Holy Spirit's help. Secondly, he is not only the spirit of truth, he's the spirit of holiness. Romans chapter 1 and verse number 4. Romans chapter 1 and verse number 4. <coughs> uh, verse 3, concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the son of God with power 
according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. So he is the spirit of holiness, Romans 1 and verse number 4. And because he is a spirit of holiness, I need never be defiled. In other words, I don't have to be controlled by sin. Now we do know that as believers, especially if you're a young believer, that sin does have a tendency to sometimes control us. Sometimes sin has a tendency to sneak in and pull us into the sewer of sin. But that doesn't have to be the case. We don't have to be defiled if we believe and put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and we accept that the Holy Spirit is one of holiness. He wants us pure more than we want to be pure ourselves because he can use a pure vessel. And he's not likely, the Lord is not likely to use a, a contaminated flesh-filled or demon-filled vessel. We must be clean. We must be holy. So the spirit of truth is number one. The spirit of holiness is number two. And number three, he's the spirit of life. In Romans chapter 8 and verse number 2. Romans chapter 8. And verse number two, for the law of the spirit of life, okay, in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. And so we need never to be dead. Uh, we need to be quickened, we read in the Old Testament over and over again. It is not possible for the believer to be unrevivable. Is that a word? It's not, you know, the, the devil and his crowd can't stop us from this fullness and this experience with the Holy Spirit because he's a spirit of life and he's there to give us quickening. He's there to bring us back to normal. He's there to bring us back to himself. He is the quickening agent. And so we don't have to be a, a deadbeat as a Christian. We can be alive and we can have life. And because we are alive and have life, the life of Christ living in us, others hopefully will see that. Spirit of truth, we need never be deceived. The spirit of holiness, we need never be defiled. The spirit of life, we need never be dead. Okay? The fourth one, he is also the spirit of faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 13. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse number 13. We, having the same spirit of faith, that's number four, spirit of faith, according as is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken, we also believe and therefore we speak. Because he is the spirit of faith, we need never be discouraged. You say, well, I know a lot of Christians that get discouraged. Well, you know, we get there, but we don't have to stay there. Um, it's always discouraging when you get sad news. I think I've mentioned before that about every seven years we go to a funeral of somebody we love. That's discouraging. But we can still be trusting in the Lord and we can still be confident in the Lord and we can still be happy in the Lord because we know the Lord is in charge and he always does the right thing. It's the Spirit of God that confirms that in us. So he's the Spirit of faith, number four here. Truth is one, holiness is two, three is life, four is faith, number five is wisdom. And by the way, I don't know if your sheet has the correction, but it should be Ephesians 1.17 instead of just 1.7. That was a typo there. Sorry about that. 
Ephesians 1.17, the Holy Spirit is a spirit of wisdom. Are you awake, class? Say amen. Okay, most of you are awake. That's good. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You know, if we understand scripture, we get that from the Holy Spirit. And if we misunderstand or, or deny truth, deny scripture, then we're getting that from another source. But the Spirit of God is a spirit of wisdom. Wisdom is one of the names, those unwritten names of God in the Bible. We have a whole book that deals with wisdom, the uh, book of Proverbs. It's a book of wise principles. And uh, I am glad that the Holy Spirit of God has all that knowledge in him and he's anxious to share it with us. If we just let him be our friend and let him be our paraclete, that's one who comes alongside. If you get a picture of somebody in a boat, with, how many of you have oared a boat before with two oars? Well, the paraclete is the one that's in the boat and he's got the other oar, okay? He comes alongside and he helps us. And he helps us in this area of having wisdom and faith and life and holiness and having truth. And because he's a spirit of wisdom, I never need to be daunted. Daunted. In other words, I never need to be confused, but confused doesn't start with the letter D, so I had to use the word daunted. Are you happy, class? So on the right, we have deceived, defiled, dead, discouraged, and daunted is the fifth one there. Okay, we're at halftime. Y'all happy? Ready to quit? You want the rest of them? Want the rest of them? Okay, let's go. Number six, he is the spirit of power. Now, it's probably good if you turn to any verses, turn to this one in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, because this will cover the next three. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 7. If you, do, if you want a good verse to memorize this week or any time, memorize 2 Timothy 1, 7, and you'll be glad you did. Because in 2 Timothy 1, 7, we see that the Holy Spirit is a spirit of power. But God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. <coughs> and because he's the spirit of power, I need never be defeated. We can sing the song, Victory in Jesus, and really sing it with a smile and really mean it. He is our victory. We never have to be defeated. Now here again, there are times when we are discouraged and daunted and defeated. But we don't have to stay there, because the Holy Spirit of God wants to lift us up and lift us out of that because he's a spirit of power. 2 Timothy 1.7 Not only is he a spirit of power in 2 Timothy 1.7, but he's a spirit of love. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love. He's a spirit of love. And because he's a spirit of love, we need never be discordant. Now there's a 16-cylinder word for you. Uh, discordant means we're out of harmony or we're out of love. Um, I don't know if you realize it or not, but one of the distinct differences between Christianity and all the cults is that we are commanded to love our enemies. It's, it's just a fundamental truth. We are commanded to love our enemies. Now, in the Holy Spirit's power, we can do that. In our flesh, we want to drive over them. In our flesh, we want to pop them in the nose. In our flesh, we want to avoid them and shun them. But with the power of the Holy Spirit working in us, 
then we don't have to be discordant or out of harmony. We don't have to be devoid of love because the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God is a spirit of love. And he wants to help us spread, not, not, well, I guess it is the love, but spread his love around because there's just some people that I don't feel like loving on because they got so many marks of the world. I don't even like to approach them. But every time I approach somebody with the gospel, I, I realize that that person has a soul. And Jesus died for that individual just as much as he died for you and me. And if Jesus loves them, I need to love them. And I'm glad that they have the Holy Spirit to help me in this area. 2 Timothy 1.7, he's the spirit of power, number six. He's the spirit of love, number seven. Number eight here, he is the spirit of a sound mind. You probably guessed that. Because he gives us a sound mind, we, ne we need never be disturbed. We need never be insane. Now, when I was growing up, there were asylums across the country. They usually weren't advertised. They were usually hidden back in the woods or up in the mountains. People didn't talk about them. But history has taught me that a lot of those asylums were full of people that claimed to be Christians. And the reason that some people ended up in those asylums was because the world and their philosophies felt that the Christians were crazy. So one of the ways they tried to control Christians was to lock them in an asylum. And I'm here to tell you today, I'd rather be in an, in an asylum with Jesus than be outside of an asylum without him. Okay? Because to me, the world out there is nuts. And they need, to be, <laughs> they need to be locked up. Not those who believe in God and trust the Jesus of the Bible. And he gives us this, this sound mind. So you can be in prison and you can be in a institution that people don't think of and nobody visits you but today those asylums have kind of disappeared and they've meshed together with hospitals and stuff and today most hospitals have a section for the mentally challenged especially those that behave in a way that's contrary to the world and they just hide them in those departments and they try drugs and they try everything else I just want you to know God wants you to have a sound, strong, sane mind. That's his wish for you. And the Holy Spirit can help you with that. Number nine. Not only is he a spirit of power, love, and sound mind, but in Hebrews 10.29 we, we see that he is a spirit of grace. The spirit of grace. Hebrews 10 and verse number 29. Now, if this were a Sunday school class, I'd have you guys looking all these up, but it's not a Sunday school class, so I have to be nice to you tonight and look them all up myself. Hebrews 10 and verse number 29. Of how much sore punishment, suppose ye, shall he be thought worthy, who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God, and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing, and hath done despite unto the spirit of grace. It's a verse that is really written as a question. Uh, <clears throat> Jesus is, is uh, ridiculing this false teachers here for <clears throat> despising Moses, and here they're despising also the spirit of grace. They're not listening to the Holy Spirit's challenge in their heart. And because he is a spirit of grace, we don't have to be disgruntled. We don't have to be 
disgraced. Some of you are old enough to remember when uh, Jimmy Schweiger fell from grace and ended up with a prostitute down there in New Orleans. That doesn't have to happen. If he would have been closer to the Holy Spirit of God, that never would have happened. But uh, what happened was the president at the time put, put him in charge of the uh, uh, pornography study in the United States. And instead of learning how to solve the problem of blatant pornography, he was taken in by it. And when he was taken in by it, he had a weak moment and he fell from grace in his own words. But uh, he apologized on national television. I trust it was a true apology, and he's going to have to deal with uh, those issues in his own life. But uh, I am so thankful that the Holy Spirit is a spirit of grace. <laughs> That's when we get all of God's riches at Christ's expense. He has a whole truckload of grace, and he wants to share it with us so that we don't have to be disgruntled or disgraced. And then number 10, he is the spirit of glory. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 14. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 14. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. To God be the glory, great things he hath done, we sing. You know, there's no reason really for the believer to be dull. There's no reason for you and I to be boring. Because with the spirit of glory, we can advertise the goodness and grace and the power of God in our lives. And there's uh, no reason for you and I to run out of glory to give to God. He deserves all the glory. He gets all the glory. And, and what a privilege it is to be able to connect with that through the Holy Spirit's power. So he's the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is just so much more than just those two words. He's the Spirit of truth. We don't have to be deceived. He's the Spirit of holiness. We don't have to be defiled. He's the Spirit of life. We, know, we don't have to act like we're dead. He's the Spirit of faith. We don't have to be discouraged. He's the Spirit of wisdom. We don't have to be daunted or confused. He's the spirit of power. We don't have to be defeated. We can have victory in Jesus. He's the spirit of love. We don't have to be devoid of love or discordant. He's the spirit of a sound mind. We don't have to worry about being disturbed or insane or cracking up. Uh, there's all kinds of terminology out there. You know, uh, dementia and Alzheimer's. These are words that they create so they can sell drugs primarily. But... Uh, the idea is the Lord wants us to have a sound mind. And the, and the closer we are to the Spirit of God, the closer this soundness is ours. He's the Spirit of grace. Hebrews 10.29, we don't have to be disgruntled. And He's the Spirit of glory. We don't have to be dull. Now, in conclusion, don't you love those two words? How many love those two words, in conclusion? A couple of you do, okay. In conclusion. These characteristics also apply to the Father and the Son, and they do that because of the Trinity. Jesus is all of God, all of the... There, there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three in one and one in three. So, well, how, how do you explain that? It's tough sometimes, but I think of it as an egg. You have the egg shell, you have the egg white, and you have the egg yolk. If any one of those three are missing, you don't have an egg. But with all three of those together, you have an egg. 
with the Son, the Holy Spirit, and God the Father, you have the Trinity package. And he is so much to us. But remember, the Holy Spirit's great work is to draw attention to Jesus, not to himself. To draw attention to Jesus, not to himself. His goal is like our goal. We magnify the Son. S-O-N. Jesus. That's what we do. That's our challenge for tonight. Did you miss any of the blanks? Got them all? If you got all the answers, stand up. Ooh, you didn't get all the answers. Nobody got all the answers. Okay. Got all the answers. Okay. If you missed any, just see me later and I'll help you with if that's really important to you. Remember the rules if you're under 20? I want to see your paper so I can grade it. If you're over 20, I can read your writing anyway, so keep your papers, okay? You can do that. Uh, Lee, good to have you back. Why don't you dismiss us in prayer, would you please?